Hey guys, this is Brad. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you, the listener, for listening and proving you have a growth mindset. Our mission is to curate information from the top influencers around the world. We provide you with real, actionable steps on how to improve in any and every area of your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, C-suite executive, or just starting your journey of self-development, professional development is all about growth. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you enjoy this content, please help us by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. We have uh, an awesome episode this week, uh, and the topic is actually a quote. It's that which you do not hate, you'll eventually tolerate. So we've got my good buddy, Corey Box, coming on as a co-host. We've got some good quotes. We are going to feature quotes from Ed Milet, Helen Keller, Jim Rome, and a few others. We talk about everything, man. We talk about how to start your own business, uh, credit card debt, all the way to getting yourself organized. And then Brad hits us at the end with just the tip. And obviously, we've got the OnlyFans inquiry in there. Awesome show. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 7th. And today's topic is that which you don't hate, you'll eventually tolerate. And this is episode number 32. Before we get into quotes and the topic, we've got a very special guest replacing Dan Griner. And that's my buddy, Corey Box. Corey's the senior VP of sales over at Drive Social Media. He is a real estate investor. He is a guy that reads uh, a ton of books and just embodies self-development. So, Corey, thanks for coming, man, and being a uh, co-host. Boys, thank you for having me for my uh, first podcast appearance. Yeah, buddy. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Worldwide debut. Yeah, worldwide debut. I'm going to try to reflect well on you guys. Uh, It's a coin flip. We'll see how it goes. Okay. We'll check it out. So, uh... Happened, I guess, before we got on the topic, anything anything you guys want to talk about? Any? Brad just got back from Mexico. I did. And he has no tan lines. And he doesn't look no tan at all. <laughs> Not one. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I had a good trip in Mexico. Uh, passed the COVID test to get back. Um, work was a little hectic yesterday, but uh, you know, my guy actually killed it for me when I was gone, so that was awesome. Had put out one fire while I was gone, but otherwise it was a pretty awesome trip. So can we try to get... Um, the United States to adopt whatever Easter happens in Mexico? Because all I saw was <laughs> chicks, there was an Easter bunny, Bunnies. and there was five chicks running around in bikinis behind it. Yeah, so my wife went to go like do an Easter egg hunt with my kids, and she sends me a video, and she's like, are you looking at this? And I'm like, no, like, it's the Easter egg hunt. And I look over, and, and like <laughs> she sends me a video of like four playmates following an Easter bunny outfit, and I'm like, okay, we can follow this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll be down in a second. <laughs> yeah. We'll I love Easter now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, otherwise that's it, man. Been busy at work, so. Nice. How are the resorts for those of us who haven't been outside the U.S. for a while? So it was it was different for sure. Um, it's just so much like hypocritical stuff, really. You know, it's like, oh, you don't have to wear a mask all day long, but if you want to walk inside the restaurant, you got to put your mask on. Like <laughs> you've been sitting at the bar with these people all day, you know. And then um, like the buffets were essentially closed. They like served you your food, so. Um, it was a little different, but you know, it was, it was good to get away for sure. So body shots are okay, buffets are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't make sense. There's and, a reason for that line. Yeah. <laughs> here's a funny story. Um, so we're getting on the. You get your temperature checked like fucking ten times, you know, before you end up getting on the plane. So we're getting it checked again as you're boarding, and you know, he puts it up on your head, scans it. Oh, yeah, you're good. And my wife, you know, scanning my two year old son is looking at it and it pops up and says low battery. 
the guy was just going through the motions the entire time with everybody that boarded the plane. So it was like, it just literally, low battery. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, so, you're, yeah. so I think everybody's moved on, just got to go through the motions still. I can't wait to go back to Mexico. God damn it. Um, you were there not too long ago. I know, but I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to you're go like, back. Get me back there. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Get me out of the country. Exactly. We'll just pretend that Florida is Mexico it's, next yeah, week. It's close. I mean, probably just as much as, probably less restrictions, honestly. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, wild west in Florida. We were in Key West. There's it, COVID has not ever touched down there. No? Yeah, no. It's it's uh, it's lawless. It's perfect. Yeah. If you're trying to get back to the regular world, you know, life before all this. Fuck yeah. I mean, what, Texas Rangers had like 40,000 people in the oh, stands? That was a beautiful the sight. The motherfucking house. Yeah. yeah. That was a beautiful sight. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess let's uh, let's hop into the topic. So today's topic is a quote, uh, and that's that which you don't hate, you'll eventually tolerate. And that is a quote by Malcolm X. So we actually have some quotes that relate to that before we jump into the topic. Who wants to start? Oh, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not shy. New um, guy first. Yeah. So this is a little inside in the fact that I'm kind of crazy. So the one I took out of that was like, uh, was from a book called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Um, and it's actually the 15th law, which is crush your enemy totally. And the reason why that relates for me is like uh, anything that's not moving you forward is ultimately an enemy to your progress and your growth. Um, so the, the basically the starting of the chapter is the judgment, right? All great leaders since Moses have known that a feared enemy must be crushed completely. Sometimes they have learned this the hard way. If one ember is left alight, no matter how dimly it smolders, a fire will eventually break out. More is lost through stopping halfway than through total annihilation. The enemy will recover and will seek revenge, crush him, and not only in body, but in spirit. There we go. That I was love deep. it. It is. Starting off quotes with a bang. I love it. Bang. <laughs> Who wants to follow? Oh, damn. I don't, I don't want to follow. Dan? I'll, I'll follow. Uh, so <laughs> I, I love that. that. That's awesome, Corey. Uh, what I found about uh, three minutes ago for my quote, uh, it's, I cannot tolerate my bad behavior in another person for 10 seconds. And that is by Garrison Wynn. And uh, I just obviously typed in something quickly on Google, but I, I think that's something that I think of a lot. I... Uh, and more so like 10 months ago rather than now, but I still notice some things that bother me that other people do that I'm like, oh, fuck, <clears throat> I do that still. Yeah. Um, and it makes you just realize, hey, if you won't tolerate it in someone else, then why the hell are you still doing it? Yep, absolutely. So I've, I'm pretty sure I've used this quote a couple of times before, but it's always one that stuck with me. And it's the, the fact that we generally change ourselves for one of two reasons, and it's either inspiration or desperation which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more on that because I don't want to give away like all of what I'm saying, but we'll we'll dive into the pain pleasure principle here in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that's one that really resonated with me. So I got one from Helen Keller. Uh, he who is content with what has been done is an obstacle in the path of progress. So, um, you know, basically if you're content, complacent, you're, you're not moving forward, you're actually getting passed by other people. Love that. Yep. Cool. Good quotes, guys. Good start. So let's just dive into what is this quote mean to you? That which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. What does it mean to you from a personal and professional development standpoint? I'll jump in. So for me, um, I've actually never heard this quote until you sent it, um, probably just because I live under a rock a little bit. But uh, to me, it was just basically you, you try to make things normal. And like if if you want to be okay with it, you're like, oh, I, I should have gone to the gym, but you know, it's it's okay. And it, that just becomes your new normal. And when it becomes a new normal, you, you're just stuck there. And then that develops into being, you know, what's the next step that's that's worse than that? And it just keeps going that way. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So uh, to kind of parlay off of the quote that I had, the pain pleasure principle is from uh, Sigmund Freud. And so it, it essentially talks about that people do things for one or two reasons. It's either to gain pleasure or to avoid pain. So with that being said, like our prefrontal cortex understands that avoiding pain is important for survival, uh, but it's spent so many years keeping us alive that it can't really tell the difference uh, between whether you're avoiding like a saber-toothed tiger or if you're avoiding the pain of just getting your fat ass on the treadmill, right? So you'll make these promises to yourself or you'll set these goals and your prefrontal cortex will actually start to come up with reasons why it's okay that you're not accomplishing those goals. Uh, like for example, I had, if you had a goal of making like $100,000, right? After quarter one, you were at $15,000. So on pace for 60K. At that time, you're probably going to have some back and forth with excuses or false ideas that uh, you'll make up. Like didn't have the right training. My CRM sucks, COVID or the, the leads are weak, right? Uh, essentially those excuses and thinking it'll be okay. It's minimizing the fact that you're nowhere near your goal. And it's avoiding that pain of being like, I'm fucking up big time. So you're not uh, you're not allowing the pain to set in by letting those little things make it okay for you not to hit those goals. Love that. Because I mean, honestly, like complacency, you know, is at odds with progress. So, you know, as you let that settle in, you know, it's one of the things that's going to make it easy for you to say, this is why I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. You know, and you almost got to get radical with how you view yourself, right? Either I'm moving forward, kind of to piggyback off of Brad's point, like either I'm moving forward or, or I'm going backwards, right? There, and I think as you get older, you get more kind of impassioned about what, you know, your purpose is, um, you know, whether it's through kids or work or whatever development you're working on, um, you got to get black and white and kind of get a lot of the gray area out. And that that's actually, that's super interesting on the, uh, the prefrontal cortex development because, the frontal cortex, I, if I understand correctly, develops more as we get older, right? So like our, our reasoning and logic and intellect kind of grows with that and less emotion. So like feeling a certain way, feeling okay with things, right? Stops going away and like you actually look at yourself and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm being a deadbeat, all right? Yeah. Or oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm killing right. it. And then you kind of stay in rhythm with that where you say, hey, uh, like 100,000 is good. What does 200,000 look like? What does 300, what's a million look like, right? So the next goal, otherwise- you hedonically adapt and you don't feel like you're growing anymore and it doesn't give you the same rise it used to. You feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. You feel unfulfilled. Yeah, meet an meet a, uh, unhappy uh, rich person, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> you ever seen someone unhappy on a jet ski? <laughs> it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. And just I, just I, Jay-Z that one time. Yeah. <laughs> he was the exception to the rule. Yeah. I actually broke it down like very crude too, as in with this, like I almost think of it as training your dog. Like if you want to do something good, you, you reward your dog when he does something good. So if you if you accomplish your goal of $100,000, well, reward yourself. Give yourself something, that have something to work for as little or as big as it wants to be for you. And then you set your next goal, reward yourself when you hit that. And then if you hit a situation where you failed that, you got to take something away because there was something in, in that scenario that prevented you from reaching that goal. So what was it? Was it an extracurricular activity? Was it, you know, you spent a lot of time with your family where you maybe should have been working on your business a little bit. And, you know, you need to take something away in order to, you know, punish yourself as as crude as that does sound, but it, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, feel like you want yourself to feel pain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Most, Otherwise, you're just making an excuse for yourself. Like, oh, well, like you said, Matt, like, oh, well, I had all these situations happen and that's why I didn't reach my goal. Like, no, that's, 
That's fucking bullshit. The reason you didn't reach your goal is because you didn't fucking try hard enough. Yep. Most people know what to do. They just fail to take action on anything, whether it's they want to get in better shape and they can't put down the desserts or they uh, want to make $100,000 a year, but they fail to pick up the phone and make cold calls. And, uh, or they know that they need to get in better shape and they fail to join, go to the gym, right? You can join a gym all day, but donations to that gym are only going to go so far. Right. So for me, what this, I mean, what this quote means to me, it just I go back to a year ago, and uh, I was sitting there still with with my ex at the time, and I had gotten off off the phone with one of my trainers or potential trainer now trainer, but I uh, talked to her and she was like, "Well, she's like, you're not going to do that," and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I probably won't." And I cracked a beer at lunch that day, and I didn't <laughs> give a fuck. And uh, she was totally right then, but then uh, to your point, uh, Matt, talking about people making decisions based off of either inspiration or desperation. And then for me, I became desperate. I hit a rock bottom and I knew I had to stop drinking and start getting back into better shape. And uh, then that's when I do like, all right, my purpose here is not to sit on my fat ass and get drunk and get high every single day. But it's like, all right, cool. I can actually make a difference in my own life by getting up, going to walk every single day, and then eventually get to a point where, I mean, in such a different position than where I was a year ago. Yeah. So this is huge. I tolerated my bullshit for the longest time. And it got to a point where the pain of change was finally worse than the pain of continuing to go down that path. Absolutely. If I would have made that change sooner, it would have been like a lifestyle change where now that's where I'm at now uh, versus I had to go through a whole lot of bullshit in order for me to actually feel like, okay, now it's time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you guys have any examples specifically in your own lives? Uh, and Bob, obviously you just you just hit on one, but that's a good transition. Any examples where you might have, and I think Tony Robin puts it as your shoulds become your musts, right? To where you say, I should have more money. I should be in better shape. I should have better relationships. You should, should, should until you, uh, until you should all over yourself. Um, do you have any, uh, do you have any? I like that. Um, do you have any experiences that you guys want to share? Yeah, I, I can definitely dive into that. So um, for a while, like I, I was kind of in pursuit of like the six-figure aspect of things. Um, and then upon achieving it, uh, it, 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 one day it hit me that I was a miserable fuck. Um, I, like, I, like I had no reason to be a miserable fuck, but I just was. Um, and what I mean by that, I think at the time period, I'd had this idea in my head about like getting to a destination and kind of stopping, right? Or getting to a destination and like it was going to be different on the other side of that. And uh, and I what that destination I always thought was going to be like, well, now since I have the income and, you know, I have, I have the position, um, I'm going to have this work-life balance that's going to be so easy. Like on the weekends, I'll just be living it up on yachts and then the weekdays, you know, I'm cruising at work at five. And I would start getting um, kind of upset either when work would creep in outside of those parameters. And so one of the eye-opening things to me is when I listen to some of the guys that, you know, are very successful with their podcasts or just, you know, written books about this. It's like work-life balance is an illusion. Most people work just enough to be miserable. Um, and so I started kind of leaning into it. And it's like, that's not really to look at those lines and separate the two is one of the things that's making you unhappy. Um, if you spend your time, right, trying to get efficient at both and realize there's no, you know, um, you know, cut and dry in part of it, it's, uh, it's made me find a rhythm where it's like, I enjoy 
how do I get more out of each day? How do I, you know, and I, and I scan positively for like when I got to go into work or if work comes into the weekends, I have a good time with it now because I've really got good about defining the purpose um, and getting where I wasn't about the amount of money or it wasn't about the position. It was more about like, I, I need to embrace and reframe how I even approach things and how I approach my, you know, just the blend of what is like your existence. You know, you either actively are becoming something or inactively becoming something, but it's all a choice. And right. so that was, that's kind of the, I remember the moment I was in, I was in Singapore and I was talking to my CEO and, uh, and he's like, why are you stressed out? Like yelling at me through the phone right now. And there was no reason. And I, it was like, it was such an eye-opening moment. I'm like, oh no, I am, I am miserable. I need to stop being, people probably hate being around me. So yeah, instead of like a, like a, something that you could sit there and measure and look at shift, it was more of a uh, mindset, mindset or perspective shift. Yeah, it was huge. Well, like, and I didn't realize it like as a leader um, and as a friend and as a husband and, you know, just everything in between, um, like that is probably bleeding over into other things. Um, and like, it was impacting me. Um, and I didn't realize like I was so unhappy and anxious all the time um, because of those things. And so that mindset shift was like, I want to stop being unhappy. I want to start realizing like work is just part of life, right? Finding rhythm with it, finding purpose in it allows me to enjoy life more. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that was the, the biggest point I think I've had an adjustment where it's like, I was tolerating that for so long. That's How awesome. long ago was that? Uh, I was 29, so about five years ago. Yeah, I was getting ready to turn 30, so about I'm four or so. Do you think about that often now? I when, can, on like a day-to-day? I can relive it. I can. I remember the sun and the heat that day. Yeah, I, I remember exactly what I was wearing, and I do. And uh, I, I, I show up, like, you know, people always kind of give me, you know, I, I got told the other day I was a workaholic. Um, and it's like, no, it's like, I just enjoy like kind of going all in on stuff. And I do, and it's, I reframe it and I go back and I touch on that in my mind. It's like, man, I could go back to being miserable and try to separate the two and work just enough or I can lean into it. Um, and so I do, I go in and it's like, man, you know, I, what can I get done today versus how do I get through the day? Exactly. And I I think work-life balance is like how you said, it's just so much fucking bullshit. But there's so many people out there that say, oh, you have to have that work-life balance. You got to have your family time, your work time. And it's like, it just doesn't fucking exist. Like if you want to do something, you got to put in 100% to that thing every single time. And clearly you're looking at it as a way of how are you going to incorporate work into your life as not just part of it. It is your life. And I mean, I don't know a whole lot of your backstory, but for for me, owning my own business for sure is it has to be part of your life yep. if, if if you're running a business. I mean, I think from an employee perspective, I think that's what separates the people from being somebody who's collecting a paycheck and somebody who is like literally killing it and reaching their sales quotas, exceeding them. And that's the only way you're ever going to move forward is if if you really do embrace it and you don't look at it as just a job. It's got to be your life. Yeah, no, you, and you nailed that there because everybody kind of, it makes them feel comfortable if they tell you, right? You know, you're, you're, you're working too much, you're too crazy because like they don't got to run faster than the bear. They just got to run faster than you. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. yep. So uh, I have a, a personal experience uh, that I wanted to share, and I might have. T- I think I talked about this a little bit in a podcast before, but not necessarily in depth. So, um, and that was in what I think almost all Americans, or like seventy percent Americans, are struggling with, and that was credit card debt. So I got out of college. I had a really good sales job where I was successful fast, and I was making like right at six figures, and started spending money and not saving money. And then I made a career transition that took me like a while to shift and actually gain any traction, but I kept spending money like I was in the six-figure job. And so I started building up a bunch of credit card debt and I allowed it because I liked the freedom, 
right? So I would sit there and tell myself like, oh, I'll just pay it off next month or I'll pay it off when I get money or I'm almost there. You know, I was telling myself all these lies to avoid the actual pain of like financially crippling myself and uh, and like full transparency, dude, I was like $30,000 worth of credit card debt. It was fucking stupid. You Damn. went in deep. Yeah. Oh, so deep. At 20%? Are these like vacations? What's it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 16.9%. I remember that exactly. Oh. Yes, so... <laughs> Damn, um, brother. Yeah, so, it shows you you'll pay it off in 50 years by making the minimum payment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was telling myself all these false narratives, and then all of a sudden, like, and like when I make more money, all this shit, all of a sudden, I got fired from a job after like going from one job to another job for money with like no savings and no nothing. So I got fired. I was broke as fuck, no savings, and I ended up moving back in with my mom. And I remember sitting there thinking like, dude, you thought dating was tough before? Try, <laughs> try asking a girl to go back and have a beer in your mom's fucking basement. <laughs> like, like that, I'm not kidding. Like that was my fucking like- Your mom is Jesus super cool Christ. though. So Lead with that. So, so in like two and a half years, like I just cracked down. I fucking negotiated down shit. I paid it off, like, like chipped away like a motherfucker at it. Like started bartending full time. Even when I got my job at Nestle Purina, like was working my dick off for it. But like the funniest part- is I told myself all these lies, like I'll do it when, right? Or I'll do it next month or I'll do it when I have more money. I was, besides when I was in college, I was never more broke then. And that's when I made a decision like, fuck this. Like I don't have to sacrifice anything, but if I go out, I'm literally bringing $10. And whenever $10 gets me, I apologize to those bartenders. I probably didn't tip during that year period. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like during the time I was so fucking embarrassed and now looking at it, like it's actually kind of cool that I was able to overcome it. And like now I'm in a position where I'm putting money away, you know, like I've got all these systems in place, but it took me being that piece of shit and like pushing off and telling those little lies to myself and in order to build up to that like mountain of bullshit for me to actually make the changes that I needed in my life. And the rarest part is you're probably like the 1% that actually paid it off. Yeah. <laughs> so then for two years, Two and a half years after that, I didn't have a credit card. And now I finally, like, and now after the last two years, I think it's been, I do have one, but it's like, yes, like that's the one thing I am super anal about. But obviously I, I learned the fucking hard way. Now you run up 30,000 a month and are able to pay it off at the end of every yeah. month. Oh yeah, not quite there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the one I got is definitely not as deep as both of you, but it actually started when we read the the one thing and mine was how unorganized I was. I was like, like my desk just looked like a fucking bomb went off every single day. And I remember sitting in the boardroom at your old office and I wrote down that I was going to take 30 minutes every single day to be my one thing. And now that's just kind of built up to be like zero minutes a day just because I've, I've been that organized since then. I mean, was it easy? No, but it took me a long time to get there. And the amount of distractions I had looking for things in that time, I thought, oh, I don't have time to fucking put this away. But it ended up I spent twice as long looking for something that I couldn't find. So that's been my thing that I could think of off the hip in the last two days when you sent the notes. But, uh, you know, obviously not as deep as you guys, but well, you know, that it, is something I had. And just to kind of dive into that, I really feel like the reason that you don't have stuff as deep as us is because, yeah, and not to like, you know, not to like compliment you too much or make your head any bigger than it already is, but you're <laughs> you're one of the most disciplined people I've ever met. Like you decided you're going to do that, you did that. Like when you decided you weren't going to drink, you completely stopped drinking. When you decided, uh, like you didn't even fucking work out. Like I'd worked out years before you, and you decided you're going to do 75 hard. 
And you fucking did it. Yeah. And then I decided I wasn't going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. it's really cool to hear that though because you kind of like add one thing on the list, you check it off and you just like become routine with it, right? And you add efficiencies and you scale yourself. You exactly. do more and more in a day. Yeah. Um, I love to hear like things like that. There's There's like, I think a famous speech, like one of the, folks in the military did about like making your bed every day. Exactly. It starts like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. So now you don't live a cluttered life or just your desk isn't cluttered? Um, the wife takes care of the house still, but at work, um, we've got a pretty, like even when I walked in from being gone on vacation, I mean, it was like you could have licked off our floors on Monday morning. So, I mean, it's it's definitely not like it was and it's it's helped us a ton. I mean, I've had, in the last two months, I've I've probably done as much work as I did all last year as far as revenue goes. So, I mean, it's it's pretty, it's been pretty intense at shop. So being organized has helped us a ton. For to sure. That, man. Do you guys have any, um, and I was trying to think of this. This is super hard for me, even though I put it in the show notes or a question. Do you have something like a tip or trick or steps that people can take to push them into like into that pain? Like what what if I wanted to change in one area of my life? but I'm making up excuses. And besides like stop saying, like besides stop making excuses, is there any tips that you have to where somebody can take home today and it could help them push them past that pain threshold? So I have a, a buddy, Brian, and he's listened to a few of our shows and he knows that I've uh, mentioned this before. Hey, Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey. What he's up, one of our only fans. Hashtag. Nice. Um, so <clears throat> he is out in Portland and he uh, he told me the other day, or like a couple weeks ago, he's like, I got all these things that I, that I want to fix about myself. And I was like, well, what are they? And he's like, I don't know. I just know there's a ton. And um, so this is kind of just, this was an exercise that I never thought of before, but it on from the hip, I was just like, well, you should write down a list of all the things that you want to change, why you want to change them, and then circle the the one that is going to have the biggest impact on your life. So he wrote down everything from he wants to lose weight to he wants to smoke less pot. He works on a pot farm out there, so it's gonna be hard for well, him to yeah, smoke less pot. Got to um, and he had he had just a lot of different things on there that he wrote down and he sent me a list of them and he's like, all right, I want to do, I want to change all of these things. And I was like, well, there's no way you're going to be able to change all of those at one time. So he has, um, he's just picking one and going one at a time and based on what's priority for him. So that'd be a, a good start. And just to get someone to think about, all right, what what is it that you want to change in your life? And I don't know if that's the, yeah. kind of what you were no, looking for on that, Matt. Exactly, yeah. Because like I said, there's nothing like I tried, whenever I come up with this stuff, I try to pull stuff off the internet, like, or either things I've done, things I've read, or something I can pull from an influencer because most of our ideas aren't unique. And I think most of anybody's aren't. So no, I think that's a really good one. One thing that circles back to a topic that we always have is your circle of influence. Uh, Ed Milet said on a podcast, um, you don't want people in your life that accept you for who you are, right? They might love me, but they believe in me to an extent that this version isn't acceptable. So, um, which is a weird thing to think about because it is such human nature to just, if somebody says like, man, I'm really fucking up. Like I'm not hitting my, like my company goals. I'm not hitting my diet goals or like whatever it is to just be like, ah, dude, you know, you got shit going on, right? Like, you they know, they need it, to be friends with me. It's the easiest let off the hook <laughs> statement yeah, in the world. Yeah. But it's like, uh, but it's easy for all of us to do that. And I have caught myself even saying it, but it's like, why not be that friend and just be like, yeah, dude, you're right. Like, where are you fucking up? Like, what are yep. you doing? What are you doing differently? Like, what's like, ask them, dig into it instead of letting your friends off the hook. 
there's two things to that that I'd add and kind of is to Bobby's point as well, which is like, um, once you find that one thing, put yourself in the room with people where you are the most out of shape. You are the brokest. You are the dumbest, right? Like you will, you will naturally be like, I have to level up, right? Yeah. And also the cheat code, like the quickest path there is being around people that know the way, yeah. right? So I like that. But, uh, you know, and, and to Matt's point, you know, one of, one of the easiest things to think about, right? Whenever you're in, in scenarios and you're feeling like you're, you know, um, you're around people that are letting you off the hook, it is, it is easier to say, hey, it's okay. Then it is to give direct feedback and be like, you are underperforming. You have talent and you are not putting it to work. Because that's a, that's a, it's a tense conversation and it takes somebody who really wants to take the time and unpack that with you to give you that information. So if you have somebody like that in your life, that's the person you're looking for. You're not looking for somebody who's like, oh man, have a beard, skip work today, it'll be all right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude, don't, don't worry about it. You know, your wife's out, acting crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, be a better person. And I, I to touch on everybody is really here is the two things I had wrote down is to self-audit, to like take that time at the end of the week or the end of the day or the end of trying to achieve a goal to say, okay, well, why didn't I get there? What, what, what was I doing that prevented me from getting there? And, and criticism, you know, like you can't move forward if, you just like, you know, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. And now I kind of have a little bit of a personal story that kind of, I never, until you actually just said this, that I thought about. But when I was, when I was racing, I had this one crew chief who worked for me that if there was a yellow or a red that he could talk to me and tell me how fucking stupid I was for something I did and like, you fucking dumbass, you shouldn't have fucking done that. I'd be like, you fucking asshole. You know what? I'm going to fucking show you. And I don't know how many races we won just because of me being like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to show you how it's fucking done. I can fucking do it. And, you know, after you, you, that seems so crude and rude of somebody to do, but that honesty makes you fucking kick it up a notch. You know, I, like, do you want to be that friend in the group that's like being the shithead? No, nobody wants to be that person. Right. And if somebody finally tells you you are that person, you're going to naturally get out of that rut. Yep. I think it's important too, whenever you, from a coaching standpoint, that guy probably knew that that fired you the fuck up. Oh, and sure. Made yeah. you race better. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a big thing because all of us are in leadership roles um, within our own respective companies, within our families, things like that. And uh, you have to, I know for me in my business, if I coach 10 people the same way, 10 times out of 10, nine of them will fail. Yeah. So I think that's another thing too, is looking at, I mean, you want those people that, push you absolutely but you're going to need to tailor the way that you coach each person now there are cookie cutter scenarios where you know exactly what works in certain situations whether it's hey you have this recruiting script that you have to call or obviously Brad you're like we have one way that we fucking cut metal yeah, like this, this is it. this is the fucking <laughs> way so it's it's different depending on uh each profession that you're in, but if you can really learn how to tailor that to each person, figure out what gets someone going. And then like Corey, like you said earlier, lean really heavy into that. That's exactly what you need to do. And just one other quick story too, I, on uh, Wednesday or on, sorry, on Monday night, um, there was a team playing uh, fours. I don't know if you saw them, Cresco, that were playing against a couple of the, the one better team up there and they were high school kids and they had no idea what they were doing. They did not know the rules for fours at all. And they got their shit rocked. They, they scored six <laughs> total points in three games. Yeah. They, it was like 21 That's to two, lesson. 21 to two, 21 to two. And I, afterwards I went up to Brock and I was just like, man, that was pretty brutal, huh? They shouldn't be playing. And he's like, well, he's like, I was in that same position uh, years 
years ago, whenever I was in high school and I came up and we got our shit worked and he's like, we got skunked. We didn't even get one point on the board. So he was like, props for them coming up here and doing that. And whenever I went back and thought about it, that's the exact same way that I got into playing more competitive volleyball was to get my shit kicked in. Mm-hmm. People be like, well, you, you aren't supposed to do it that way. So that's the same with anything that you do in, in life, but you need to, in order to level up, you need to be around higher competition and people who actually know what they're doing, whether it's the a room full of in-shape people and you're a flabby mess or uh, something like sales where you're like, well, these people are all President's Club's winners and I just started with the company. Yeah, and like we said, we you want to be around people that aren't afraid to give you like real feedback and constructive criticism. And Dan's not here. I wish I could give him this shout out in person. He's actually one of like the number one people I've met that is really good about giving like super direct feedback. Now, I will say like his delivery could use <laughs> could use some fucking work. Um, uh, but he, like when he does it, it's because he has super high expectations out of himself and he expects that out of other people. And so him and I, when we get into it, um, it's typically because he'll come at me in the wrong way and I'll hear it as like uh, an attack as opposed to here's how you can be getting better. And we actually had <laughs> we actually had the front desk lady uh, come up and talk to uh, a manager on our team and was just like, hey, is everything okay? Like Dan and Matt were screaming at each other in the conference room. We could hear it throughout the whole fucking place. Like, and so Dan and I are a little bit more mindful of that, but Dan and I always have these like blowout fights that turn out either we're laughing at the end or like something really productive comes out of it a day later. But it typically because we try to give each other as much honest feedback as possible, but we're both are the types of people that will have our guard up. And you could be like, hey, dude, your shoes on tight. Be like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> don't, don't tell me that. Don't you, tell me my business. You probably do bad with a shit sandwich anyways, though, right? It's a nice thing. You're like, what is he trying to get to, right? Oh, and then he just comes right in hot. The right? old compliment yeah. sandwich. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is great, but what's the old rule? Like, any, anything before but is just bullshit. Like, yep. completely disregarded. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, cool. We got anything else? No. So, uh, Corey, you probably don't know this part, but we have a segment, uh, two segments. One's going to be just the tip, but before we get into that, we've got our OnlyFans inquiry. So, all of our fans, all of our 500 Instagram followers are our OnlyFans of the Professional Development Podcast. Is this where you guys are naked on the internet? No. It's, okay, no. I didn't know it was another revenue stream. No. <laughs> okay. Another OnlyFans. You're, you're saying your OnlyFans. Diversifying our portfolio. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, we have our OnlyFans inquiry, and it's where somebody either hits us in DM or email and asks us a question about personal or professional development, and we try to help them out as best as possible. So, uh, for today's OnlyFan inquiry, this comes from uh, Rich. Rich in uh, South St. Louis. Local Rich, local guy today. Local guy. Look at that. Local guy. You know, by Surprisingly, the, not someone from Denmark. By the way, we are the number 46 business podcast in the country of Denmark That's right it, now. Baby. So, we, no we moved deal. up. No big deal. Let's we go. wanted to give everybody in the United States a fair shot before we really started Right. Putting the gasoline on the fire. Shout out to our Denmark peeps. But uh, Rich from South STL says, what piece of advice would you give to a college graduate who wants to become an entrepreneur? Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah Great I like question, that. Rich. Um, so I guess for me, I think the, the best thing you could do is maybe look for a side hustle. You know, something that something that interests you for sure. I wouldn't just do any side hustle. I'd do something that interests you. Um, and then just try and flip it from there. You know, make $1,000, turn 1000 and 10000 and then just keep reinvesting in yourself. So that would probably be my my advice. Love love that for the uh, the little MVP approach, right? Like least amount of investment to get something exactly. out of it, see if it's viable. 
Um, I tell you what, I'm, I'm a huge believer in sales. I think sales is a, it's a path to making a lot of money. Um, you know, and it's 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 not based on time spent, right, or ex experience so much. And then in addition to that, like you're selling your employees and you're selling your customers. And so it's an essential skill if you're going to open and own your own business. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, it's funny, I have listened to, because we're supposed to have uh, Ben Newman on this week. We rescheduled it, but I was listening to a podcast of his. He had a great bit of advice, which was whatever you are thinking about making your business, you don't have to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do four hours a day of this when you have a full-time job and a life outside of that. It's identifying something that can move the needle forward, whether it be marketing or sales, and committing 30 minutes a day. It's can I commit 30 minutes a day to this? And then over a month, I think it ends up being about 10 hours in a month. And then just start doing that for a couple of months. And if you start to see traction, you realize really quick whether it's sustainable and it's scalable. Exactly. Yep. I love it. Cool. Uh, before we go, we uh, have our last segment, and that's just the tip. So Brad's going to hit us with just the tip just for a second just to see how it feels. What do you got, Brad? Okay, so this week, um, the tip I have is to delegate. Um, so what is a task that you struggle with? Uh, could it be emails, cold calls, quoting, or even just a certain skill that you haven't developed all the way? Find someone who is better and more efficient at it than yourself and use them to to accomplish that task. Um, time is always money. If if that person who you delegate it to can accomplish that goal two times, three times faster, more efficient than you, you're making money fr from them. Um, as business owners, you must be aware at all times uh, of your weaknesses. Harnessing this and uh, uh, avoiding wearing all the hats will make you more successful. And that that's so backwards from when you think of a startup or, you know, owning your own business, you have to wear every single hat to be successful. The sooner you start to realize that this person does something better than you, the the more successful you're going to be. Um, an example of that is, you know, something at work that I absolutely hate doing is packing up stuff to ship out. And the kid at work is like fucking so good at it as like <laughs> such a weird thing that it is, but it takes up like an hour and a half of my time to box up like three things and create the label and, you know, get it ready for UPS. And he does it in like half the time and it's way nicer looking when it goes in the box. So that's an example for me. And I'm sure there's, you know, so many different ways that you could delegate your job to somebody that is going to make you more efficient. Yep. Money in the bank. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in. We appreciate you. If uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us on Instagram. Otherwise, uh, Corey, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it was a pleasure. It, it was fun, guys. Yep. That was cool for you coming. Yep. Fun episode, and we will see you all next week. Deuces. Deuces.